Happy Saturday morning, everybody. Oh boy. You know, I went almost a year without missing a Friday. And last night, I just couldn't make it happen. I almost did. I almost was able, I almost worked the time out to be able to talk about season five's season premiere. But some real life stuff got in the way. And then when I looked and saw that the episode was a two-parter and was 90 minutes, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. So I just let the world know that we're going to have to wait till Saturday morning to hear my handsome voice talk about Season 5's Mad Men premiere, A Little Kiss, Part 1 and Part 2. And because this is a two-part episode of Mad Men, you're getting a two-part episode of Made Man. In fact, I just watched Part 1 of Mad Men. So let's talk about that in a double exciting episode straight to your ears. The season picks up and starts in an accounting firm, but not in Sterling Cooper Draper Price, but in some other accounting firm. Uh, They're looking out a window to seeing uh, African-American protesting, and these assholes uh, are are pouring water on them. They think they're just being fun and pranking. They they don't even... I don't even think they're, they're not doing it like... They don't seem to be doing it maliciously. They seem to be doing it almost as like a frat punk jerk thing. And they're giggling and laughing and having a good time. Uh, and they're throwing water balloons, water bags out. And I recognize one of the actors. I, I think he was like on a YouTube. Seriously, I think he was from a YouTube comedy show called Derek Comedy. One of the ki- one of the guys. Um, they So they're throwing stuff out. The, the people protesting come in and complain. And the secretary's like, we are executives. There's no way we would do that here. And um, they, they, they come out with the water bags. They caught, caught them red-handed. And the, the people, you know, it, it makes the papers. It really embarrasses this firm, which is only good for Sterling Cooper Draper Price. So this episode then goes to the first Draper we see is Sally Draper. She's waking up in a new home. And I'm thinking, oh, this is her new home with Betty and uh, Henry. And you see some boxes, so people aren't quite moved in yet. So I'm like, wow, this is, they're still not moved in. But then we look, and who's there but Mr. Don Draper. She goes to the bedroom door, um, goes to open it, doesn't open. Don answers the door. Oh, this is Don and Megan's new house. Turns out it's an apartment. So she looks in, she sees Megan naked, like, lying there. I think she was a little, like, interested and intrigued, uh, and... She's also like, what's you know, this is my dad's new life. Um, but I think she likes it. I think she likes Megan. There, there's only Sally at the beginning and uh, Jean and new Bobby. This is Bobby 3. Now, I knew at some point they were going to be changing Bobbies. The kid who played Bobby for the last couple seasons uh, moved on to Once Upon a Time. He moved on to a major role in that TV show. So what are you going to do? Uh, you know, kid's got kid's to make some scratch. He's going to make some dough. So we have a new Bobby that, you know, seems okay. We only see him for a few minutes. Uh, they have breakfast. They talk about what they're going to do that day. And Megan talks to them a little. Not not much going on. And 
Sally got Don a birthday gift. Oh, it's Don's birthday. Uh, Bobby's like, she's like, how come you didn't give it to him on, on during his cake? She's like, we're not going to see him, Daddy, for his cake. Or at least she said she's not. <clears throat> so she gave him a gift. And then we cut to Don bringing them home to this big house. We see this big house. And, and uh, Don says, say hi to Lurch and Morticia for me. And Sally laughs at that because that's an Adams Family reference. And it kind of looked like a big old, you know, house is a museum when people come to see him. That's not going to be my only singing in this episode. Um, and it's Sally and Bobby head off. And, oh, Bobby's like, how old are you? He said, 40. He goes, you know how old you'll be when I'm 40? Bobby says, you'll be dead. <laughs> That's a joke I would make with my dad. But uh, then he says, you'll be 70. And the kids head off. And that's really the end of the kids that we see. And again, you know me. I'm all over the place when I'm talking about these episodes. Uh, so why don't we head into Sterling, Draper, Cooper, Price. We're in there and we see Pete Campbell. He's... Um, wants everyone to get ready for the big Heinz. That's coming. Uh, they're coming in. They want to have a staff meeting at a 10 o'clock. Nobody's there. Uh, Roger is there. Uh, you know, I'm all over the place. Roger, I'm sure I literally just watched this episode, but you know me. Um, what is Roger doing? Oh, Roger's got his secretary. Maybe this is where we started in the episode. Roger is sharing a secretary with Don, and Roger goes over and kind of Make plays with her and she's playful back. He's like, Hey, she's on the phone. He says, Well, here's some money. Why don't you go buy some makeup or a mask or something? And she's like, No thanks. And he goes, You're supposed to be sharing. She goes, Well, he's got he's got more calls. He's got more calls than you do. I almost said that with a very New York accent. And I'm not from New York at all. I'm in Boston. I said, Calls. Uh, so Roger seems to just be floating around with not much to do. And we see that later because. Pete's secretary got a new secretary. Um, I want to say Carla. Uh, that can't be Carla. It's it's it's, but it's a C word, I think. Oh, that doesn't sound right. It's a C name, um, and I know that Roger kind of hangs out with was flirty with her, but we turn. It turns out he wasn't really just flirting with her. There was something else in mind. Um, Don comes into work, and we see Peggy. And I never remember that guy's name. The guy who does all the artwork that works with Peggy. I, I, they even said the name today. And I was like, I'm going to remember it. And then I forgot it. And they were talking about, you ready for the Heinz stuff? You ready for the Heinz stuff? Yeah, all we're waiting on is Megan's coupons. Megan's work on the coupons. Or Mrs. Draper's work on the coupons. That's what he said. And then you're like, oh, Dawn's already got her actually working at the firm, doing something. I mean, it's just working on coupons. But still... She's not a secretary anymore. He's given her a promotion, which I don't know how that sits with Peggy. I feel like she's resentful of that. Um, didn't really come out too much in this episode, but I feel like that's going to happen. So Don finally shows up at work and they're like, Pete's like, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you? And Don's like, I, I just got in. We have an 11 o'clock. We had a 10 o'clock meeting. He rolls in at 11 o'clock. The only person waiting in the meeting room is uh, Bert Cooper. He's sitting there waiting. They show up together, Pete, Lane, Roger, and Don talk for about three minutes outside the conference room. And they're like, all right, meeting adjourned. Cooper comes out and he's like, don't let this meeting start without me, Mr. Campbell. And then he goes off to the bathroom. The meeting already ended. So work-wise, there were a few things that happened in office. Uh, 
this time around. The big things were Heinz and the possibility of an airline firm coming in. Uh, Heinz was Peggy, and that other dude worked on this really fun campaign with uh, working with new cameras to come with nice animated, like, you know, dancing beans and with nice music playing and the elegancy of supper. And, you know, they, the people, the Heinz guys didn't get it. They want to get to the young, hip people. The guy was like, I want people, you know, we could protesting. We want beans. We want beans. Like, really not getting that that is insulting to the major protesting that's going on in the 60s. Um, and they're going to use that to sell beans, which is, you know, a little short-sighted. Uh, but Don came in and was like, um, sure, hey, you know, we understand. We, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll keep at it. And Peggy was a little taken aback by that. She, was, she felt a little undermined. Um, ooh, a beautiful dragonfly. Oh, don't go away. Okay, I got distracted. Um, Peggy was a little undermined by that. She said it to him. No, she said it to her, her cohort later that, you know, I don't like Don. Don used to be like, uh, you know, if you don't like it, get your own firm. He goes, what is this? He, what is this customer's always right crap? And um, <clears throat> then I'm all over the place, but that's okay. That's okay. So Pete is having a, a meeting with the Mohawk Air Lines. They're the company that, uh, was it Mohawk Air? Yeah, it was. It wasn't American Airlines. It was Mohawk Air, I believe. The company that they let go from a while, remember years ago, because they, weren't, they wanted to try to get American Airline, uh, and that backfired. So I think it was Mohawk they were meeting with, not American. I, I got a little confused with that. But what's funny is when he showed up at the meeting, Roger was already there. Roger was there, and they were already a few drinks in. And Pete was like, you need to be back at the office. And the, Roger's like, that's ah, all right. He goes, it's an emergency. And you could see it in Roger's eyes. He, he figured it out that, okay, his time was done here. And the, guy, the clients were like, oh, this guy's great. He's awesome. And Pete's like, yeah, yeah, great, great. Uh, but Pete came back, and he was pissed at his secretary. She didn't really do anything wrong, but Roger wasn't there flirting with her. He was looking over her calendar to see where he was. And then he showed up at the meeting early because... He's got nothing to do. Roger had one major client. It was Lucky Strike. They're gone. So now he's looking for stuff to do, and he's still kind of the schmoozy guy. He's good at that stuff. He was great. To, he, just the, the actor. He's slimy, but he's great at being the slimy, uh, you know, smooth-talking guy, and I love it. Um, We did say a little bit of Pete's home life. Uh, you know, early on, Pete was taking the train to work, and the a guy gets on the train with him, just a guy he knows from the train, it seems like, and he's like, "Oh, you got a little, you, hit, you got a little on your, your head's falling off. You got a little dandruff there," and um, Pete's like, "Oh, that's spit up from his kid, his daughter Tammy, which is the name of my wife," and the guy's like, "You know, Pete says some really mean thing. He's like, oh, she used to never want to leave the house.'" I thought she'd bounce back quicker. She'd never leave the house in a robe. Like, what a jerky thing to say about your wife who just gave birth to a baby. Um, and the other guy's like, you know, sometimes you, you say you're going to be home at 5.30 and it turns to 7.30. And if you have a car, you could, you could stay out till 9.30. The guy was like, you could try to avoid the, the house. You could try to avoid being home. And Pete was like, oh, no, no, it's not, it's not really like that. Um, but was it? It almost seemed like he thought that. Um, 
So we do see him come home after that whole night with Pete. Um, <clears throat> it went from and that whole night with Roger. He went from Pete being with Roger, then getting really drunk at the meeting, coming home from coming back to work from the meeting, uh, tripping, knocking his head into the wall, getting a bloody nose, yelling at a secretary for letting Roger read uh, his uh, his calendar, talking to Ken a little bit, and we'll get back to that. And um, actually, Ken kind of smoothed it over. How we we got this, we got that. He has all these plans uh, for the firm. And it seems like work is picking up with the firm, so that's good. Um, and uh, then Pete goes home and sees Trudy, uh, who he calls Tweety, I think. And I, I like that nickname. And you can just see he was he had a long day. And he, she, she kind of supported him for that. And it's like, it's weird seeing Pete be a good person because there is that slime ball part of him, too. Um, but she says, you really want to get a dog? And he's like, maybe a beagle. Folks, my wife's name is Tammy. I have a beagle. I mean, am I living Pete, Pete's life? Am I like the, the, is that, is their child my wife? No, that she should be too young, about 10 years too young or too old or whichever. It's, it's off. Um, but the, the, the name Tammy, the beagle, it all, it all, it all comes to me. It's all, it's all like, I'm like, I don't know. I got a beagle in the house right now. Anyway, um, the big thing of this episode, the episode's called A Little Kiss, Part 1. And then we have A Little Kiss, Part 2. And I'm not sure how A Little Kiss works in Part 2. We'll get there. But I do know how A Little Kiss works in Part 1. Well, I thought that someone would kiss. But it doesn't seem like that's the case. See, while all this stuff is going on at work, um, Megan wants to talk to Peggy. And why? Because she wants to throw... A surprise party for Don. Don's birthday's coming up June 1st. And Peggy's like, oh my God. And she doesn't think Don will... She actually has this look on her face like, a surprise party for Don? He's not going to like that. And um, she goes through and says all these different names and who do you want to come to the party. Um, she uses... She asks for Peggy's help to uh, get people to come to the party. Different name, And one of the names was like Lawrence Phillips. She goes, oh, that's Duck. And she just tossed that one aside. Uh, and when she said Harry, I think he said, oh, he doesn't like Harry. I think that's what he said, right? Harry, Harry Crane. And uh, we see Harry later, and he, he looks like he lost some weight. Um, <clears throat> but she's throwing a surprise party for him, and that's the main gist of it. Uh, we do see something else outside the workplace. We see Joan and her baby, I want to say Kevin. I heard the name Kevin. Joan seems to be staying with her mom while her husband is stationed um, you know, in the army. Or he's not in Vietnam, right? So he's stationed someplace. Um, and so Joan is staying with her mom with Roger Sterling's child, Kevin. Um, Roger has an heir. I know it sounds weird. Oh, no. Roger has a, 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 a daughter already. But now he's got a male son that he can't have any contact with. Uh, which is, you know, I think he doesn't even he doesn't even seem like he thinks about it. But he does. Because... Um, we'll bring that up later in the episode. So Joan is just really tired. She's got her mom there. Uh, the mom seems to be, you know, very opinionated. Uh, she says, I'll take the kid out for a walk. And she takes a 10 from Joan's wallet. Joan's like, are you getting his formula or yours? So I don't know if the mom's a drinker. Um, but she lets the kid, she lets mom, grandma take the, uh, take the baby for uh, a, a stroll. So, so Joan could sleep a little bit. Uh, and the, later, she says, that, she says to her mother, oh, you know, 
the mother's holding the baby and the baby stops crying and, and Joan's like, whoever thought you'd be so, you'd be good at this. I'm like, what? That's your mother. Like what a perfectly perfect insult. Um, she is, uh, oh, and the mother's like, you need to, um, you know, stop working. Oh, Joan was like, I got to get back to work soon. And the mother's like, why would you go back there? You can't, you're, he's not going to let you work. He's a doctor. She's like, that's not how it is right now. I, you know, he'll be stationed, um, you know, here and I can get a place in New Jersey and make it to work. And the mother was not into it. Oh, wow. That's loud. That's nature. Let it pass a little bit. Everybody, let's enjoy the sounds of nature. So that was really it for Joan. You know, just a couple things with her mom and the baby to see that Joan had the child. Joan kept the child uh, and she is raising it as if it is her and her husband's, which it is not. So, the major gist of this episode is, the major gist of this, the major thing we want to get to in this episode is the surprise party for Don. That's really where everything goes. Like, I feel like I've only talked for uh, 17 minutes, but a lot of this episode is just kind of gearing you towards this surprise party. There's some major things with the Heinz people and with the, the airline. But really, it's all about Dawn's birthday. And at Dawn's birthday night, we see the apartment filled with people. And there's even a live band in there. We see people hanging out and drinking and having a ye old good time. Uh, we see Pete show up with his wife. We see Peggy with her boyfriend. She's still with her boyfriend. We see Harry without his wife. We see Ken with his fiance or wife. We're not sure. We see Bert Cooper with a young sailor, and I want to think that's his, and they said the name was Cooper, so I want to say it's his grandson, I'm not sure, I don't know if this kid's going to be a, a, play a role in this, um, and then the, um, the band leader says, you know, in about five minutes, we're going to, we, we're going to ask everyone to quiet down, because we're about five minutes away, we're going to turn the lights off, and they're like, no, don't turn the lights off, he's like, okay, and then Harry jokes with Lane, and makes a real homophobic comment about the, the band leading guy. Um, it, that's where he looked really skinny and very 60s with that turtleneck. Um, and then we cut outside to the outside of the apartment and Megan and Don are coming home from dinner. A little, a little lit, a little horny. And she's like, come on, Don, come on, Don. And they go around the corner to the door. And who's there but Jane and Roger arguing about knocking or going into the party, with, holding a bottle of wine. And Don's like, oh, no, no. And she's like, ooh. And Roger says, I'm sorry. They open the door and everyone says, surprise. And Don's like, oh, hey, everybody. And it seemed like, for the most part, Don hated this party. Like, you could tell he, I shouldn't say he hated the whole party. But he hated the idea of the party at first. He made it through it. And then at the end of the night, we'll get there. Um, but the party was fun. You know, he, they met a lot of people. Peggy had too much to drink uh, and said, I can't stay late because I have to go work on Heinz, but you know that already. And Roger's like, I mean, Don's like, huh? And even Peggy afterwards was like, whoa, why did I say that? Was that bad? And her boyfriend's like, oh, how would I know? Because he says bad things. He puts his foot in his mouth all the time. Um, Harry makes a joke about his wife's not there because she couldn't find a date. We, we meet the young sailor, uh, and they're talking. They're arguing. Bert is arguing with... Uh, the boyfriend and Peggy's co-worker about Vietnam and how the bom bombs are, you know, a big business because you can only use them once and they cost so much. And the, 
you know, uh, they're like, you're telling me this guy, this young man's going to come home in a body bag for nothing. And he's like, if he's lucky. And the, the sailor's like, oh, he was, he didn't seem, he's like, he didn't seem that great. I, he just seemed a little like taken aback by all that. Um, and Don, it's funny, Don sees Megan with some of her younger friends and they're talking and laughing and Don's looking like, what's going on over there? Roger had a great moment where he said, um, a great line where he said, don't ever, he goes, don't worry about it. They're not laughing about you. It's just let it be. Because he, he, they realize these are two older dudes. They have younger wives. They're not going to be able to connect with their younger wives and their friends. Just deal with it and let it be. Um, and as the party's going on, uh, Don, I mean, Megan says, well, I think I've had enough to drink now. I can um, finally give you my gift, Don. A zooby zooby zoo, zooby zoo, zooby zoo, zooby zoo, zoo, Yes. She sings a French song, zooby zooby zoo, which means, oh, kiss, kiss, or a kiss, kiss. Uh, there's your little kiss right there. That's the song. Zooby zooby zoo. And I have to tell you something, which is hilarious. I, I've seen this before. I've seen this exact moment before. I never watched Mad Men, but I think I flipped by and I remember seeing the singing Zooby Zooby Zoo and going, what, what, what is this? This is Mad Men? What is going on here? Didn't make any connection. Didn't know who any of the characters were. Didn't even realize that that woman was his wife. It was not the same wife he had at the beginning of the show. It was just, I, I couldn't believe that I remember this. And I was like, oh my God, I've seen this before. So I thought that was great. Uh, she did this whole dance and you could just see all the guys were like, it was like, Halfway between embarrassed, awkward, to all the guys were turned on by her because she was doing a very sexy dance. Um, so they just had a nice, big, nice party night. And then everyone left, and Don collapsed on his bed. And Megan's like, oh, there's a mess out there I should clean up. And Don's like, save it for the girl. The girl doesn't come to Monday. Well, have her come tomorrow and on Monday. I need to go to bed. I need to go to bed. And... He was like, please don't spend waste money like that. She goes, it's my money, and you you know, you wanted a birthday? And he goes, it's, I've been 40 for half a year. And that's when you realize June 1st is Don Draper's birthday. Dick Whitman's birthday was months ago. He's been 40 for a while living this lie for years. And she goes, well... And then that when he said that, that's when I realized she knows all about Dick Whitman. She knows the whole thing. He told her. I don't, that didn't happen last year. I mean, they, they basically, she was working for him and they got married all in one episode. So the whole Dick Whitman thing um, must have come up, obviously, because now she knows the truth. And that shows how much he loves her, too. But he's still kind of a cranky old man. Um, you know, he was like, I don't want that much attention. He hates the attention because attention just makes him worried about his secret. Uh, but she was like, oh, don't worry about it. You love the it's, you love being the center of attention. Then she said, she said a line. She said, uh, nobody loves Dick Whitman. I love you. Uh, oh, he's like, I never had birthdays. Never had birthdays growing up. She's like, Betty never threw you a birthday. He goes, I forbade it. You forbade it. And then she, that line, nobody loves Dick Whitman, but I love you, was, I guess she was trying to say, nobody, like Dick Whitman doesn't exist anymore. You're, the man you are is who I love. What you were, I don't care about. But it almost, it, it, I think that threw him off a little bit because he didn't really, he didn't really, I don't think he really liked that line. And uh, he went to bed and she slunkered off to the, uh, to the a balcony and just kind of sat there and didn't seem really happy. She seemed a little sad about the whole thing.
don't know if you just heard my stomach growling. Whew. But anyway, that was the end of A Little Kiss Part 1. And yes, coming up next, I'm going to go watch A Little Kiss Part 2, and I'll be back to talk to you. But what did we... What do we get out of this episode? Well, we get that Roger is kind of floating around with not much to do. Pete is frustrated with him, but he's doing good work. Um, but is he excited about his home life? I think he is, even though it, it seems to be getting to him. Peggy's still with her boyfriend and frustrated with work. Um, Don is, you know, not frustrated with work, but I think he's a little... He was, didn't love the party that much. Doesn't like the, the memory of being, you know, of not being Don Draper for real. Um... And uh, there, it was a little fight between Megan and him, but I think it'll pass. Megan now works as a, I don't know if it's a copywriter, but she does some kind of work making coupons. Um, Jones got the baby, and it's Rogers. And uh, yeah, I think that covers it. We do see Lane's wife is back in town, so that's good. So I think that covers A Little Kiss Part 1. We'll be right back after these messages. Well, look, a day late, but a double episode for a double episode of Mad Men. I just finished watching A Little Kiss Part 2. The season premiere of Mad Men is now complete, and I'm ready to talk about it. A lot more office stuff in this uh, episode. So, and I feel like I just watched this goddamn episode and I'm all over the place. But this episode starts with Lane Price in a taxi cab finding a wallet just sitting there. And he lets the taxi driver know and the, guy, the cab driver's like, uh, okay, I'll take it. And I wasn't sure if Lane felt a personal responsibility or if Lane was being racist. Um, but he was like, ah, uh, maybe I should take care of it. I feel, you know, that I should uh, be seen to this. is almost $100 in here. Like, he thinks the cab driver's going to steal it. And the cabbie's like, you know, this. I, I'm going to get in trouble if if he doesn't hear from this because he's going to call the ca- the cab drive the taxi company first. Lane gives him his card and says, "I show you, I shall take care of this." He's like, "All right, whatever you want to do, Mister." Let's stay with that Lane story for a bit. Lane is, um, I, you could just see he's not happy. Um, hopefully, the audio quality just changed. I was using my headphones, but uh, Lane isn't. Lane doesn't love his life. I mean, if you remember, his wife left him, to, uh, back, went back to England, and he had that, that young girlfriend from the Playboy Club who he loved until his dad beat the shit out of him and said, you need to go home and get your family in order. Uh, then, um, now his wife is back. We see him at the party together in the first episode, first half of this episode, and now the wife is worried about... You know, the kid getting uh, tuition, the kid getting, you know, paying for his school. And obviously money has been a little tight. And Lane's like, don't worry about it. We shall take care of it. Um, and while he's doing that, he's looking through the wallet. At first, I didn't make the connection. I was like, oh, my God, Lane has a secret identity. It's a different social security number. And, and, and what's this girl? And then I was like, oh, wait, that's the wallet he found. So Lane calls the number, calls to get this guy's, um, to tell him he has the wallet. And, um, wait, is that Delane call or the woman call? Anyway, he ends up talking to, uh, what appears to be this guy's girlfriend. I don't know if it's his mistress. Cause she said, I can't be called his wife, not like his wife, but his girl. Uh, she had a very New York accent 
And uh, Lane seemed smitten by her because there was a, a picture of her in the wallet that seemed a little hot to trot. Uh, that Lane started putting this whole fantasy world together. And he was like, oh, you know, she goes, do you want to bring the wallet to me? He's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Maybe you come here. Lane wants, and he starts telling her that he's married. And they start flirting over the phone, which was weird. Um, Lane wants to meet this girl. He just likes the idea of just feeling a little dangerous and a little excited to meet some woman. Uh, and so they finally say they're going to meet, uh, later on down the line, there's a call that the guy is there in the office and not the woman. And you can just feel the disappointment in Lane's voice. He, he takes the picture out of the wallet, tucks it under his desk. He's keeping that photo. He's keeping the fantasy of this Dolores person to himself. The guy shows up. He looks through his wallet to make sure everything's there. Doesn't notice the picture's not there. Lane was a little nervous about that. The guy was this very stereotypical New Yorker guy who's got, he's chubby, his shirt's open a little bit. He's a really, you know, this Italian guy. He's got the hat on. He went to the horses. His horse came in, then he lost his wallet. And Lane's like, oh, but then your horse came back in. And the guy's like, you're a good guy. He tries to give Lane some money. Lane won't take it. He finally puts the 20 in his pocket. He's like, that's how we do things around here. You're a good gentleman. And Lane's like, well, I'm also a bit of a pervert. I'm probably going to, I'm not going to say what I'm going to do with that photo, but I'm a bit of a pervert. I've taken the photo of your girlfriend, I've, and I've kept it for myself, and I'm going to put it in my wallet. Later on, he's with his wife, and she says, I, you, you said I need some cash to go shopping. He opens his wallet, takes some cash out, and we see in the wallet, there's the photo. His wife doesn't notice it, but Lane's very quick about it. There's the photo of Dolores that he's kept in there for God knows what reason, mainly because that everyone's got to be a little bit of a creep on the show, it seems like. Uh, and that is Lane's story. Lane does a few other things, but um, I'm going character to character because I literally just watched this episode, but um, I have to just, uh, I have to go where my brain goes. Pete, Pete Campbell, he, things did go good. It was Mohawk Air. I was, uh, I was, that was confirmed. When I, when he came in, he was all excited about um, Mohawk Air going good, and he wants to bring a partners meeting in his office. He calls a partners meeting in his office. They all go in there. They smush in there. Why do they smush in there? Because Pete wants to make a point that his office sucks. His office is small. There's no lighting. There's a beam, and he is taking all this business. He is keeping accounts. He's the head of accounts. He's bringing in all this business. Roger does nothing, and he wants Roger's office. And Roger calls him on and says, "Look, I'm a full partner. You're a junior partner. That ain't happening." He's like, "Well, then we should put a vote to it." He goes, "How about we step outside?" And he just Pete just stares at him. Roger's like, "I didn't think so." Roger left. Uh, no one. They they thought maybe we could come up with some sort of solution. Uh, for Pete to get a better office. Maybe they'll get more space or whatever. But good job with Mohawk Air. He's like, I can't have Mohawk Air come into my office and like this. This isn't how business is done. I'm too important for, to have this crappy office. Um, before they went into the meeting, Rod, uh, Don and Megan showed up for work. And you see Megan didn't really, just like, have a good day. She was still mad at Don. Um, and Roger, the, the very famous, for me, animated gif that I've seen a million times of Roger doing this little dance came from this moment where he's doing the French dance. He, he wasn't doing zooby zooby zoo, but he was speaking French and dancing around and twirling around. And Don smiles and then Don says to him, look, we don't make fun of each other's wives here. You know, he basically like, There's, that's where we draw the line. And Roger's like, I wasn't making fun of her wife. I was making fun of you. And the look on your face. 
he goes, you have it, you know, it's, you're, you're happy. You should be happy. You have it all. And Don's like, well, you know, you have the wife too. He goes, yeah, you know, she, it, she used to like me. Or it's fun while they still like you. Uh, or, or until they want something. So he, Roger's already, like, over having this young wife, Jane. He's already over it. I mean, you could tell that because, you know, he slept with uh, Joan and wants to stay with Joan and got Joan pregnant. Oh, Joan, she's, she is with her mom. Her mom's real jerky to her about work. And then her mom says, look at this. And they're like, what is that? They put an ad in the paper saying, "Come." the, the ad basically throwing a barb at the, uh, the, the firm that did the water bombs on the uh, African-American people. Basically saying, our windows stay closed, you stay dry, you know, Sterling Cooper. Um, and the mom saw it as, uh, they, they're, they're replacing you. You're getting, you know, they're, they're looking to hire new people. You're not wanted there. Why are you doing this? The mom's a real, I'm going to say it, the mom's a real asshole to Joan. And, uh, you know, Joan, she couldn't deal with it anymore. She, she ended up going into work. Just bringing the baby in to surprise everybody, come in really to show everyone the baby, but also because she wanted to know what the hell is going on. There's a new girl behind the counter who didn't even know who Joan was. Uh, Joan comes in, and everyone's happy to see her. Roger comes up and goes, there's my baby. Yeah, Roger, that is your baby. Goes right by the baby and goes, get this, get this brat out of the way so I can see my baby. And gives Joan a nice kiss on the cheek. Holds the baby up, looks right in the baby's eyes, smoking a cigarette right in front of him. Nobody cares. Nobody thinks anything. Nobody knows anything then because um, it's all about smoking, not secondhand smoke. Uh, that's So just like smoking in front of the baby, very funny. Uh, and then um, ends, she ends up going into Lane's office and she sees, oh, she sees all these women doing these jobs. She's like, you have this people doing this job and this people doing this job. I saw the ad. You know, I can see I'm not wanted anymore. And Lane's like... What are you? That's not an ad. It's a, it's a clever barb, a prank of a bit um, towards, towards our rival. And, oh, God, the sprinklers are turning on. Okay, i got to make sure I'm not going to get shot. Um, okay, so uh, Joan starts crying, thinking she's being replaced. And Lane's like, we're barely holding this together without you. We have two people doing your job, and they're doing a crappy job. We need you here, Joan. And that was really reassuring. He's like, we need to, you know, we, we're having this... Um, client show at this time but we're not going to get paid here until there we're trying to make things stretch Joan made all that work and they are trying their best to keep it together while um, while Joan was out so you could see Joan was relieved that uh, she is not only wanted but needed back at the office so she's going to be starting in a, back in a few weeks uh, while she was in there, the baby was going around from different people to different people. Peggy, Peggy had her. Uh, Pete had her. Ended up back with a new secretary. Uh, while Peggy had the baby, she gave it to Pete. She went and sat down and talked to Megan. And Megan's like, oh, you know, is you have a problem? You have no problem saying things, um, you know. She basically called uh, uh, Peggy out for being rude in the meet, in the uh, party. Okay, the sprinklers are coming. i got to move out of the way. Um, and Peggy started, you know, she was like, oh, I had too much to drink. And Megan's like, why don't you apologize? Nobody ever apologizes. She was all upset. Why, who doesn't want a surprise party? She's really more upset with Dawn than anybody. She goes, I don't feel very good. And she, she's like, I'm going home. Can I go home? Peggy's like, yeah, you can go home. She heads off and goes home. Now, remember we talked about uh, don't make fun of other people's wives? Well, Harry is in uh, the break room with that guy. I want to say Ted, but I don't know his name. 
uh, the, the arty, the, the artsy guy, the, the cocky guy, the funny guy, the, the jerky guy. And he was like, what about that party last night? Oh my God, she's so hot. And like saying, and the guy's like, oh, hi, Megan. And Harry's like, yeah, funny. Well, Megan was really behind Harry. And uh, Harry's like, oh, he's like, what I wouldn't do? He goes, what would you do? He goes, I'd have her ankles up on me. All French stuff. And then Megan just goes by and says, excuse me. And Harry's like, oh, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, great party. Uh, uh, real, real jerky, jerky, jerky. Later on in the episode, Roger calls uh, ha- Harry in. Harry thinks he's going to get yelled at. Harry thinks he's going to be get in trouble. So he starts apologizing for something that Roger has no idea what it's about. He's like, what are you apologizing for? He goes, I made fun of uh, Zuby Zoo. Roger's like, oh, so did I. He goes, listen, uh, we, we, we had a talk and we think that, uh, you know, Pete needs your office. Uh, and we decided it's your office. It's your office. You should trade. He's like, what? He goes, I like my office. I need my office. He goes, you, 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 you should be out there hobnobbing with people in Hollywood and ringside. You need to be out with the people. P- Pete needs that office more. Um, I'll make it worth your while. And he, he goes, I don't think you have enough money on you to make it worth my while. He pulls out this giant wad of $1,100. said, this is a month's salary after taxes. And he's like, what? He goes, oh, that much money? How do you have that much money? He's like, for these moments. He gives him the money and... and um, uh, Harry's like, okay, but you owe me. He's like, no, I don't. I just gave you all this money. He goes, is this coming every month? He goes, don't, don't. He goes, get the hell out of here. Don't, don't push it. So he gives him $1,100 to move out of his office. Later on in the episode, um, Harry uh, calls Pete in, and he's like, oh, what's going on? He goes, um, we, we, found, we thought it would be best that you have this office. It's a great office. He's like, what? He's having, this isn't the point. But he's like, it's a great office. Just take the office. Pete wants Roger's office. Pete wants, wants, does most of the business. But he takes Harry's office. Harry moves out. Harry thought he was getting fired. All he, you know, and Roger said, how about we have the conversation you thought we were having? He guilted him and he threatened him and he blackmailed him into giving up the office. Plus he gave him money. Pete uh, took the office. And later on in the episode, what I like is Pete... Um, called out to his secretary who's now right outside not all the way down the hall and says you know what you let Roger do whatever he wants because I thought he was saying uh, you know thank Roger for giving me the office but then he threw his one extra barb in there he goes can you pencil in uh, for tomorrow morning I have a meeting on Staten Island at 6am with Coca-Cola he knows that that'll get to Roger so later on we see Roger getting up really early and putting a suit on his wife's like what are you doing because I have to go to Staten Island He's like, this early? He goes, shut up. Like, what a jerky thing to say. He's already fed up with her. Um, So, yeah, I feel like a lot happened in this half of the episode. uh, More so than the first half. The first half was was great, too. But a lot of office stuff happened in this one. Um, So what else happened? We talked about the wallet stuff. Talked about Pete getting his office. Uh, Harry being rude to Megan. Um, and then Peggy actually got guilted into going into Don's office and apologizing. He's like, she's like, I want to apologize for what I said. And I don't even think Don even remembered. And she goes, well, Megan was upset. She's like, what do you mean? She goes, well, she left early. I, I think she wants to be alone. And Don's like, you don't know her at all. And he heads off to go home. He heads off to basically talk to Megan. Uh, Megan's like all upset about the party. 
um, all upset about the mess. She's like, I don't feel good. This place is a mess. She takes off her robe and in her, in her, her underwear. She goes, I'm too hot. I want to clean up. And that just gets Don going. He grabs her. He's like, you don't want to clean up because you want it bad. She goes, you can't have it. You can only look at me. So she's already starting to get flirty with him. She goes, I don't, you, don't, you can't have it. You need to sit down and just watch me. And then, boom, they do it on the floor. They do it on the floor on a white carpet. And she's like, I think we need to replace the carpet. I hope that was for the party because otherwise it's kind of gross. Um, Don's like, you wanted a white carpet. I want you to have what you want. Uh, that was really nice. And then they start doing it again. So Megan and Don have made up. Everything's nice there. Um, I feel like that's the whole episode. Like, did I miss anything? You know, Roger gave up his, didn't give up his office. Uh, Harry did give us up his office for money. Joan uh, yelled at her mom. Doesn't want her mom there anymore. Um, the party, uh, I mean, she didn't go to the party, but she did come into work and was reassured that she is desperately needed in the office. The end of the episode, we see her, her mom's still there, and they're just riding the elevator because the baby settles in the elevator. So they're just riding the elevator up and down, up and down. Um, oh, geez. The, how the episode ended, of course. So they come to work the next day, and the office area is filled with a, a, a whole, uh, it's like a, a whole group of African American people. I think they're excited, or they are. They saw the ad, and they saw it as an ad, and they saw it as we are, you know, someplace that they could safely work. So there, so there's a bunch of them in the office. Um, a bunch of them. That doesn't sound right. So there's a bunch of African American people in the office, and. They're like, hi, hello, hello. And, and Roger says a terrible line. He's like, is, is it me or are there a... Uh, oop, I'm going to get thing on. He says, are there, is our office, is our, um, is our waiting room you know, filled with Negroes? Which is just a terrible thing to say, but that's what he said. That's what he said. Um, and they're like, oh, I think they responded to the ad. They thought it was real. They didn't see the sarcasm in it. And they're like, well, maybe we could see this as... Um, as we could be equal opportunity lenders. It's like, we're not even hiring, but we can pretend to be hiring. We can have interviews. And then all of a sudden, the, uh, the secretary comes in with this African-looking statue with a note attached to it from the other company, uh, barbing back at them. And they're like, did they see that come in? The secretary's like, yes, I can confirm. I can definitely say they saw this come in. And the... Uh, they're like, oh, well, now they can't just send them away. It looks rude. So uh, Lane comes out and says, we're only hiring for secretaries. So men, you're free to leave or you can go. Men, please leave. Uh, ladies, if you could give us your resume, we will, we will start calling and interviewing the people who are qualified. I think Lane's basically saying, give me your resume. We'll call you. And probably they won't call anybody. Be nice if they did. Because it's like they're looking at, they, they look at them being a, maybe possibly a progressive uh, uh, place to work. A safe place to work, an equal opportunity employer. Uh, but maybe they just want to look that way. Maybe they aren't going to be that way. Technically, it could be because they can't afford to hire anybody new. Um, I don't know. But it would be nice if they did, you know. It would be nice to see. We saw uh, the Kennedy um, assassination through the eyes of the through the eyes of Mad Men. Uh, it'd be nice to see some of the civil rights movement more through the eyes of Mad Men. Uh, and I don't know, maybe someday we'll see the moon landing. I don't know how far this goes. Um, but I think I've covered this episode. And I don't think I... This was a double episode. So a lot happened. But I feel like I've talked longer in 
in regular episodes. It's crazy. Uh, and I'm as I'm walking, I'm slowly move, trying to avoid the sprinkler. Uh, zooby, zooby, zoo, zooby, zoo, zooby, zoo. So Megan and Don are all made up. Um, perhaps the ad backfired on Don. Uh, it wasn't an ad. The, the kind of the the joke. It was it was an ad for the company, not an ad for want ads. Um, but we'll see if that actually leads to something. Work seems to be doing better, but Pete deserves a better office, so he got Harry's office because Roger paid Harry off. Pete sees that, sees how threatened Roger is, and, and throws him a prank because um, Rod, Pete called that African statue. He's like, that's a childish prank. And Roger looks at him and goes, oh, because we're above that. Because he knows that, that Pete pranked him to go out to Staten Island to meet with Coca-Cola at 6 in the morning at some diner. Um, all in all, a great start to the season. You know, we see that the, the office seems to be doing good. Joan's going to be back soon. Uh, Roger met his baby. Um, Don and Megan seem to be, you know, they had their little tiff, but they like their apartment and they're still hot to trot. Uh, didn't see any, any more of the kids except at the beginning, so we don't know what's going on with Mr. and Mrs. Francis. Um, oh, Harry did after he got all sexed up from seeing Megan dance and went home and, um, he, he, him and his wife, and I'll just leave it at that because that's where Roger cut it off too. Roger's the best and the worst at the same time. Like he, you could see the desperation on him and yet I love him. I love the actor and I love the the, just the, the work the actor does. Um, uh, what's his name? John, John Slattery. Um, so I think, I think that's it. Uh, so, I'm a day late. I apologize. I, I really, I won't let this happen again. I can't let this happen again. My friends, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for allowing me to be late. Allowing me to play on your iPod. They still have iPods? On your smartphone, your smart speaker. Maybe I'm in your car right now. Maybe I'm on your television right now. I've seen that. Oh, sprinkler. Jesus. Um... So I want to thank you as I continue this journey almost every Friday, but every week. We're in the fifth season. It's like we're, we're over the hump, five, six, and seven, and we're done. This is crazy. We're like, well, it's still 13, 13, and 13. And we're talking sometime next year, uh, I think, if I can do math. Okay, wait a minute. 13, 13, and 13, or 12, I guess, for this one. We'll say 38 weeks from now uh, will be the final episode somewhere along that lines but I hope you stay with me I know I'll stay because I'm I'm loving this I'm loving watching the show and I'm loving using this as a way for me to kind of think more about the show and think about each episode and just kind of throw my thoughts out there as quickly and randomly as possible even if it is a day late so it's time to go into announcer voice and I want to thank you Thank you for coming along with me for four seasons and now into the fifth as I strive to achieve the level of Maid Man. Oh, sprinkler, Jesus. Fans, not experts.